and that's and that's how you summon the uh, the spirit of the podcast. The two claps. We could use the bell. What are you doing there, Sam? Welcome to live from AC Second. We should probably start because people might actually listen to this. I know my brother's listening because he emailed me or called me yesterday. To he works at Metro State and directs a graduate program. And he said, "I have a student who really wants to learn about podcasting." And I said, "What is she doing tomorrow afternoon? Because she could just come here." But so I know he's going to be listening to this. Um, we are here today uh, in the Bethel Makerspace to talk a little bit about podcasting. So um, we have a live audience here. Um, and you also notice we have an open mic here. So you're going to be on the podcast today as well. So we're going to have some opportunities for you to um, to come up and, and talk. My name is Sam Mulberry, and I'm joined my, by... And my name is Kent Gerber. And I'm Chris Moore. Um, so what? why did I start with a big clap? You notice I took everybody's mics and put them together. Um, well, we have two audio recorders here, and when we get to the end of today, we're going to want to sync those two sets of audio up, and it's a real pain to do unless you have uh, a loud event at the beginning. And when we look at the waveforms, we can just line those two claps up, and we'll have these synced within, within seconds. Um, I've done this where I forgot to do the clap, and it takes me sometimes 20 minutes to get it so there's not some weird echo because they're just a little bit off. So, um, Chris, that's always uh, an important uh, an important place to, to start with the podcast. Start with the clap. The clap so. Is that why they do that in the movies as well? I've always, I don't think I realized yeah, that until like the, the you did that. The at the beginning, yeah, yeah. That's, that's to sync up the audio and the video. So you, you see the thing clapping down, and then you have the, the snap on the audio, and you put that together. So this is our version of that. Um, so this is kind of low-tech ways uh, to do podcasting. Um, I think one place to start with is to talk a little bit about uh, our experience podcasting. Right. This so. is all your fault. Let's, let's That's start right. with that. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, Sam uh, came to me and said, a version of what's it going to take to put you in a podcast today? And that wasn't necessarily because I was so well suited to speaking uh, on iTunes, but rather I had been talking to Sam about uh, wanting to do some things in advance of the 2016 election and wanting to have a series of, uh, of, of podcasts about uh, politics, and but also loving the podcasting genre and pop culture podcasts and humor podcasts and other sorts of things, and just kind of wanting to kind of play around with that whole thing ourselves. And you proposed instead of uh, doing this and, and doing a podcast which eventually became uh, Election Shock Therapy. Mm-hmm. And we're recording tomorrow morning as well, right? We, we are the next right. installment. We have a, the, a very special holiday-themed episode. <laughs> <laughs> Kent, have you ever been on a podcast before? This is my first run, so hopefully I can inspire you all by my inexperience. <laughs> uh, and so I, here it is. Yeah, I started podcasting in, uh, wow, I think 2006. So that's right, kind of right at the beginning. Um, Stacy Hunter-Hecht, Chris Gertz, and I started to do a podcast uh, for our, C- our CWC Christianity Western Culture course, um, and we did a weekly podcast for 11 seasons, so five and a half years. So we did about 175 episodes of that, and then we kind of moved away from it, and I keep circling back. Uh, one of the things we talked about before we started recording, I do a lot of video production as well. I like podcasting because it's way easier. Uh, it's way easier to get – it's, it's easier to fake good audio than it is to fake good video. Um, I'm trying to get better at faking good video, but that's that takes a lot of work. Um, so I've done a, a, a number of uh, a number of different podcasts in a number of different formats. So some of them, like Chris is talking about, the election shock therapy, that's not attached to a specific course. That's just taking um, the political science department at Bethel or three-quarters of the political right. science department um, and saying, let's use the tools of your discipline to actually talk about what's happening and see if that's a way we can have um, outreach to 
a broader community. Now, um, at the peak of the election last year, we were getting uh, about about three to four hundred listeners per episode. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things to, that that we'll talk about today is how do you gauge success? And I want to lower the bar for your gauge of success <laughs> because if you exceed that bar, that's great. But um, one of the ways that I think about it is our our a normal pod for us probably has around. 40 to 50 downloads per episode, which doesn't sound that impressive when you think about like an NPR podcast that has a million downloads. But if you think about it this way, if we, if you were to hold a, a talk, you just wanted to give a talk and 40 people showed up in, in, like in a physical room, wouldn't you be thrilled by that turnout? That's what we get every time we post. Um, and uh, some of them get a lot more, and we'll talk about how you get more people um, to, listen to, uh, to listen to a podcast. Um, one question I guess I want to ask the two of you, and then I want to hear from uh, from some of the folks in the audience as well, is uh, what podcast do you listen to? And I think this is important because it's sort of strange to um, to want to do a podcast if it's not a medium you actually use. It would sort of be like saying, I really want to make a documentary film. I don't like movies, but I'd love to make a film. Like, that seems kind of weird. So, uh, And I, I think this sort of shapes uh, a lot of what – you th- what you might think about what you could do with a podcast. So I'm sort of curious, what do you Ken, what do you listen to? I'd say two of my favorites are Radio Lab. Um, mm. So that's I'm glad so, you said that because I want to talk about that one. Okay, yeah, yeah good. So I just I love I love the topics, but I also love the way that they fold everything together and they talk about such a variety of things, including science and um, and particularly I like their focus on science, but they really bring a lot of aspects to it. And and then can, also can, oh, can I get yeah. you nice up on my Oh yes. Okay, good. Yes. Um, and then the other I love on being. So Krista Tippett. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a I I love how again she touches on a lot of things, but she speaks with religion, but she also speaks to a lot of scientists and sort of really touches a lot of topics. And so they're slightly different, but those are the two that I end up coming back to quite a bit. So I have a, a lot of podcasts to listen to. I actually pulled up the client that I use. Uh, I, I use Overcast on my phone to listen to podcasts. I like it a little bit better than the iTunes or the Apple standard podcast uh, a client. Um, there's a lot I could go through here, but I'm just going to highlight a couple that I really enjoy. One of them I really enjoy is called Bombshell, and it's a sort of a pun on it's it's a three international security experts talking about international security issues. They picked the name Bombshell because they're all women. And one of the conceits of the show is they only have on other women guests in the international security field. Uh, it's not a, po- a podcast about women in international security. It's a podcast highlighting women who are international security. I like that a lot. I also um, I listen to some daily podcasts. I listen to uh, NPR has a 15-minute podcast in the morning that talks about that does the news today. I really like that. Um, and uh, Malcolm Gladwell has a podcast called Revisionist History, where he does a deep dive into some strange artifact. Um, one of my favorite episodes was how and why McDonald's changed their French fry recipe. <laughs> so I'm sort of curious um, if there's anybody who would be willing to come uh, take a chair and tell us, if you listen to podcasts, what you listen to, what you like about them. Is there anyone who's uh, will? Because here's the other thing: if you're interested in doing podcasts and don't want to pick up a microphone, that's another thing we need to learn to get over. Because um, <laughs> until somebody gets up and takes this mic, I have to keep talking. So I don't really have a lot to say right now. Waiting, um, does somebody want to talk about? Great. All right. Why don't you say your name and? Uh... Hi, 
Hi. Hey. My name is Christine Osgood, and um, I'm actually kind of new to the whole podcast world. I would say within the last year is when I started listening. And um, I do enjoy On Being as well, Krista Tippett. And I also like listening to um, Invisibilia uh, mm-hmm. on NPR. And then I there's a couple other ones, like I follow a couple churches and mm-hmm. listen to their podcasts as well. Um, and then a couple theologians, of which I'm not going to say them out loud just <laughs> because I'm not. <laughs> so, so, so what do you like about the pods that you listen to? Um. Okay, so I really resonate with what Kent said. I like it when um, multiple disciplines all come together in one like one podcast, and you can start to think about things from a variety of different perspectives as opposed to just the one isolated discipline um, that sometimes people think about topics. Great. Is that enough? That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Is that your first podcast to be on right now? No, it's not. All right. See, mm-hmm. so you, you're you a veteran go. then. I, I wouldn't say that. Well, you, I've been on one. Relative to Kent, <laughs> you're a veteran. There we go. All right. Anybody else? All right. We have somebody coming up. <laughs> I'm Susan Brooks. Um, no one has mentioned the Phil Vischer podcast, which is yep. right in the heart of my generation's Christianity and what uh, <laughs> The big things that, that we're struggling with. So I have really learned a lot from that. And he's had some really interesting people on. Um, I just subscribed. So tell me if this is a good idea or not. I just subscribed to one from Lifehacker called The Upgrade. That's hmm. supposed to be like a self-help one. Huh. So I try to subscribe once in a while to something that's really off the beaten path that I that I just want to try and hear what's going on. So we'll see. Cool. Cool. Um, One of the things that I think is interesting when we think about um, the different things that people listen to is there's really lots of different formats, lots of different types of podcasts. So I'm thinking about the the ones that Kent listened to. What's interesting is I actually don't listen to almost anything that any of – I listen to podcasts (laughs) constantly, and I don't listen to anything that any of you mentioned other than the Gladwell pod. So um, so the the podcast that Kent mentioned, uh, Radiolab and On Being – Radiolab especially, I think, um, or the Gladwell podcast, are there – um, kind of h- highly produced podcasts, so they're yeah. a lot more like a, like an audio documentary. Um, and and you know one of the things to think about as you're thinking about your own podcast is uh, what do you hope to accomplish? And I think list, by listening to, to other podcasts, you start to get you might get in mind. I'd like to do something like this, you know. So so is there uh, if you're interested in a more of an, an audio documentary type thing, one of the things you're in for is probably a lot more editing. Um, so it might take a long time. I was talking, you know, today about how by five o'clock we're going to have this thing up on iTunes. If this was a highly produced Malcolm Gladwell style audio documentary, we would not be doing this in an hour. Um, the pods that I listen to tend to be far more um, kind of freeform, uh, and the pods that that Chris and I and and, and sort of our little circle of people who do this. Um, I, and maybe this is because this is what I'm most interested in is I'm, I'm actually really interested in getting uh, not all that different from what Christine said, getting people from different disciplines together. But I almost want no structure to it. Like, like we have one of our one of our pods we call live from AC second roundtables. Yes. And um, what that means is we set up in Amy Poppinga's office. We set up with four or five microphones and we bring in uh, a couple of guests and uh, we'll have an hour long pod that might 
only have one question to it, and then we just kind of see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, and it's a it's a lot like a lunch table conversation. So you know, well, lunch table was was the inspiration for this. Absolutely, yeah. After a couple kind of hilarious lunch table conversations, we said, "What if we tried to do one of these and just hit record?" And we were worried that it might be a little too stilted to actually make it work, but that wasn't true at all. And they've been a lot. They've been a lot of fun. You start to forget, kind of. You start to forget about uh, the artifice of recording it, and you're just listening to each other and responding to each other. And sometimes they're sometimes they're very serious as well. So back well, that's when Garrett's is on. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Um, I was going to say he won't listen to this. He might. Li- no, he won't listen to this. <laughs> no. So we can say whatever we want. Um, well, back when we used to do CWC, the radio show, we did three segments to that. So, we, I mean, it really was structured like a talk radio show. It was actually structured like sports talk radio without the sports. Um, and in the second segment was always kind of our content segment where we would pick a topic and talk about it. And uh, what I found so interesting is the, the more we scaled our preparation back, the more interesting the conversations got because we didn't feel like we were hemmed in by we have to try to hit these points. Um, so I tend to like podcasts like that i tend to like interview podcasts uh podcasting is a great venue for long form interviews Mm -hmm. um so one of the projects that i've uh been working on um is a podcast i call autobiography chris and i are recording an autobiography live tomorrow so there's our plug whose autobiography recording tomorrow mine yeah right so chris is going to interview me uh (laughs) tomorrow in the library um i and 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 for that, I would sit down with one Bethel professor, and I would tell them, I want 90 minutes of your time. So this isn't something that's going to be quick. And the goal was just to have a conversation kind of about their intellectual autobiography, about their thoughts about teaching, um, about those types of things. And I found knowing that we had the space to stretch out where where I wasn't feeling like I needed to rush through it, I feel like those conversations went in really, uh, really interesting directions. I'll also say for me it was a kind of therapy because I'm a pretty quiet person. I'm a pretty the type of person who doesn't really share much about myself. So part of my goal was when I was having a conversation with Dick Peterson or Kathy Nevins is that I'm my goal was to try to share as much about myself as they were, even though I was interviewing them because I'm not good at that. So that was um, that felt like a, a way I could put some stakes into trying to actually uh, talk about myself, which means I'm terrified for tomorrow morning, Chris. It's going to be great. We'll say that. So, so I mean, I think it's <laughs> worth thinking about what you kind of want your format to be. So it could be anything from a highly structured um, audio documentary to an interview to a, a structured conversation. So um, mm-hmm. Chris Gertz and I do a podcast uh, called the Pie to Schoolman podcast, which uh, connects to his blog. And those tend to be more structured. He has a an outline with kind of points he wants to make sure we get to and then our job is to just make sure we're hitting enough of those topics and um uh so that tends to have more structure i can look at the outline and sort of know what we're going to talk about we're not necessarily preparing here's our prepared thoughts for this because nobody really wants to hear that unless you're really good at delivering prepared thoughts um so we tend to just have sort of signposts along the way that we need to hit um all the way to freeform conversations so i think that's one thing to think about is what um I don't know. Maybe it's sort of like writing advice. I mean, uh, I shouldn't talk about writing advice, but I, but I think you know one one piece of writing advice is write the thing you'd want to read. You know, so think about with a podcast, record the thing you'd want to listen to, uh, and and if you do that sort of truly and honestly, I think mm-hmm. you're going to come up with something that that has some some merit and some quality. Um, so we we kind of have got at this a little bit, but what interests you about podcasting? So I'm going to talk to you, Kent, because you're <laughs> sort of new to creating pods, but, but we've talked a lot about sort of different ideas. Um, what about this particular medium is interesting to you? 
Well, I, th- I think one is it's it's portable. So I, I really enjoy listening to it in, in the car or while I, while I'm walking or while I'm working. And so it's also a way to be to be moving and also taking in sort of what I'm hearing. So it, I really appreciate. I think that's a really helpful way because otherwise. I probably am able to get content that I wouldn't normally. So I don't – sometimes if I'd have to sit down and read a book or I have to – I don't have to, like, dedicate a period of time. So it's – I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also – it's it's nice. So even the autobiography podcast, for instance, it's a way to kind of get to know you all better, kind of be a fly on the wall. Um, so it's kind of fun to sort of be that presence, to sort of hear a really interesting conversation going on and listen in. Um, so I, sort of that sort of intimacy is, an, is a nice piece. Uh, I'm, uh, we're going to get to this later, but actually, I mean, I'll put you on the spot now. <laughs> Do you have a podcast idea? Oh, well, I, I kind of like the idea of Krista Tippett talking to people about, in a, in a way, it's sort of what they're passionate about. So I love, in a sense, of what you did with autobiography or what Krista Tippett does. She really focuses on a person's body of work mm-hmm. and even what their passions are or sort of what they've really contributed to the world. And I'd really love to talk to Bethel faculty a little bit more about what are their passions as far as even as scholars or as researchers. Mm-hmm. So what what really really gets them to tick? Why do they care so much about their discipline? And what's what got them to fall in love with in the first place? Um, so I know you've you've touched on some of those pieces, uh, but I'd, I'd really like to even delve deeply into sort of what's what would you do in your sabbatical or if you could like what what. What are you doing in your discipline? And I think that's yeah. interesting because Bethel faculty are, are really sort of an untapped uh, well of information, um, and and they're experts on things. So you don't you don't need to prime them very much to get them talking. I know Peggy and I have talked about, and we need to do this. I've talked about doing like a, a tech pod. So just eat, send me an email, and we'll, we'll we'll set something up for that. But <laughs> but I but I think you know like like I don't think we would have to prepare a lot to have a really good conversation. And then it's just about. This provides a medium for pushing that conversation out to people. How about you, Chris? Um, ideas, you mean? No, like what, what interests you about – I mean, you're, oh, you've been doing this for a while. Sure. Like, like what interests yeah. you – and then do you have, like, ideas of things yeah. you'd like to do? So let me uh, talk about what interests me first. And so you mentioned one to template for – uh, for podcasts is the long form interview, and that's what got me hooked on podcasts initially. Is because if there's somebody you're interested in, so say uh, an, an an actor or something like that, like if you like, I really like Meryl Streep, but if I watch the like a Tonight Show or something, I'm going to get two and a half minutes with one cleverly timed anecdote, a throw to commercial, and then we're going to get back in a little bit about promoting the movie. With a long form interview, you're going to get 90 minutes of that person's time, and they will go in weird directions and they'll take uh, digressions and you get to see them more as a person, and it's a little bit harder to, to have that artifice of the five-minute soundbite. And so that's what really drew me in. But then you come for one thing, but you stay for something else. And so I came for those those long-form experiences. What I stayed for were the interactions between people over a long series of period of time. I'm uh, much more extroverted than Sam. This is a, a regular subject of our conversations. Right. But one of the things that draws me to some podcasts is knowing that I'm going to sit down with the same group of people, a couple hosts or uh, a topic, and almost see them progress over time in those areas, even if that's not their intention. I get to sort of share a share a little bit of slice of life with them, and even more so, the better if it's a structured conversation because then it's like an ongoing conversation that continues. It's funny you say that. I've found with some that I listen to where they often have guests, every once in a while they'll do an episode where the guest falls through, and, and to me I get most excited for that because like, I kind of want the guest out of the way. I want to spend time with my friends. So there's, yep. there's pods that I listen to that are about topics that I know nothing about. 
and I'm not super interested in the topic, but the people talking about them, it's, it reminds me of being a little kid and sitting at the table with my parents and their friends and listening in. I mean, it's sort of the mm-hmm. fly on the wall thing like mm-hmm. you were talking about. I think that's um, – I, I just really – I really love that. Um, again, I'm going to see if anybody wants to talk about what they're interested in in terms – like what interests them about the, the prospect of doing a podcast or, um, or what brings you here today. So we still have some people who haven't talked. I don't want to be one of those people who just like says somebody's name, but I'm staring right at Peggy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, my name is Peggy Candle, and I am so excited to join this podcast. Uh, I have wanted to do a podcast for a long time that talks about some of the interesting discussions that we have in classes about the impact of technology, especially some of the really new cutting-edge technology and how it's changing us. I get so excited in class, but then it's like two minutes left, and they have to turn in papers and blah, 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 and that's it. That's all I get. So that's the kind of thing that I would like to just unpack some of the things that happen um, in my discipline that I've read something about, but I don't really have anybody to talk to about and some of those kinds of things. Cool. Jason. <laughs> you looked like you wanted to volunteer. Oh, yeah. My name is Jason Steffenhagen. And what was the question? Uh, why? Why podcast? Why podcasting? Um, I, I liked what was said earlier about getting to know people. Um, I listened to the Liturgist podcast, and so Science Mike and, and Michael Gunger, it's, it's, you kind of get a sneak peek or behind-the-scenes look into their experiences with life they're diving into theology and how that intersects with how they live out their life and um and i appreciate the interviews they do the people they bring on the content they produce and so yeah that's one of the things i enjoy cool cool and i think in general the the question of why is important maybe more important than the answer um there's lots of different reasons why you might do a podcast uh, but it's probably a good idea to have an answer to why um, even if your answer, I mean, I was, I, I sort of made a list of different reasons why I thought you might, I mean, you might do it cause you want to try to reach a big audience and that would shape the way that you're going to do a pod. Um, you might do it cause you want to speak to a specific audience. Um, sometimes we do it to replace a class period. So there's been times where I know Amy Poppinga has been gone at a conference. So instead of canceling class that day, she and I will sit down and take some content she was going to talk about in class. And instead we have a conversation about, um, climate zones or something and it's actually it's more interesting to hear two people talk about it she'll give me questions that i can ask her and we'll you know we'll put up a little bit of artifice that we're just having a conversation even though it's just to get from question to question Uh, but that's more interesting than if she were to sit down and just record herself talking through an outline so it might be to do that it might be to expand your ideas or to expand what you're talking about in class it might be a way to speak to students it might be a way to speak with students so maybe Mm -hmm. this is a way to say you know, uh, one one class assignment is we're going to do a weekly podcast in this class. Every week, two people are going to join the professor and take something we talked about in class and discuss it more. That could be a potential thing. Um, it could be that you want to become sort of a big media superstar. That's not something that I know anything about, but that might be something you're interested in. <laughs> uh, or it might be that the journey brings its own rewards. I mean, I do this mostly because I like to talk with my friends and I like to mm. come up with ways to... Um, I think about different people that I spend time with and think, what would a good podcast for this person be? So a few weeks ago, Sarah Shady and I um, 
started a new series with her we call Sarah Shady Public Philosopher where we say let's take the tools of a philosopher and apply them to things in this world so we took we did something on confederate monuments and said okay as what does a philosopher think about these things so um so you know I, for uh, kind of each one of my friends I have a separate show for um and so this is this is why I do it and it, I don't really care if nobody listens I enjoy making it I enjoy creating a record of the time that we're spending here so I mean I think about the fact that there's probably um there's probably about two or three hundred hours, maybe more, of recorded conversations of me and my friends over the last mm-hmm. ten years that that those exist, and I think that's uh, that digital footprint is interesting to me. So I, I don't know. So to to me, like that's one of the reasons that I do it, and that helps bring it um, uh, helps helps shape what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I want to think about some things that we've learned as we've uh, as we've done podcasts. Chris, do you have any like? Advice or things that surprised you, things that you learned as you, as you've gone through this process, because you probably recorded probably close to fifty to hundred pods at this point. Yeah, uh, a few things I've picked up, uh, some stylistic things, and one of those, I mean, but most of these are because I come from political science, I don't come from communication, and I don't have a background in in public speaking other than what I've inadvertently picked up along the way, complete with all the bad habits and things, and. I initially started podcasting being very sensitive about my delivery. And over time, I've just become more comfortable. Maybe maybe listeners haven't become more comfortable, but I've become more comfortable with my um, auditory quirks and pauses and, and various pops and scratches and so forth in my, in my delivery style. I think it's less important to be extremely polished in a podcast as it is to kind of keep the conversation going and to worry less about delivery as you might in a lecture or a public presentation and more about being conversational. And the other thing I'd say is, and this is, maybe this is just my tick, Sam, I don't know what you think about this, but, all, but even as, a, as an extroverted person who doesn't mind talking on a microphone, coming in with a little bit hotter than you think you yes, need to be, absolutely. having a little bit more energy uh, than you think that, that might be weird for the room. You know, when we record election shock therapy, it's three political scientists and Sam sitting in my office. Um, and normally I would have you know a certain level of conversation in my office. Not that I'm incredibly urbane, but you know something, you know. But coming in just a little bit hotter really shows up on on recording. And yeah, I think I think the best way to test that is record yourself reading something, and you'll realize how boring it sounds. <laughs> and then you just you just need to bring because you're used to in class you're an energetic teacher, but you're getting all this energy from the people in the room, right? And then you're in a room with one other person, and unless that person's giving you a whole bunch back. It's going to sound really flat. So I think, I mean, I will sometimes look at Chris like before we start and it's like, okay, let's go. And and then once you get talking, you're listening, you're jumping off of each other. That energy is going to maintain itself. But especially I think when you start um, knowing that you need to bring that. Unless you want to go for that faux stereotypical (laughs) NPR experience. I can't do that. I'm not good at that. You can't do that? No. No. Um, I would say, (laughs) I would say, it's helpful to always record like the whole world's listening. I think yeah. um, when we first started in 2006, I wrote this uh, on the first little outline for a podcast. I wrote, which is really silly, like my four pieces of advice, even though I'd never done one before. And that was the first <laughs> one was like, even if no one's listening, act like everybody is and don't apologize for the fact that nobody's listening. Just because cause the one person who's listening they don't need to be reminded they're the only person. If you keep reminding <laughs> of that, they're going to stop listening. Um, so instead, mm. act like because you don't know. You don't. I mean, I've done things um, in audio and video that you know we did for ourselves, and you know 
one of our videos is over 300,000 views. We never intended that to happen. So you never know when you put something out there where you're going to find some kind of connection with people. Yeah. So, um, so I think that – I also think it just – it takes practice. So you learn this by doing. Uh, one mm-hmm. thing that's really helpful is to get comfortable listening to your own voice. Um, I've gotten over that over the years because that's the that's the first thing, first reason why when I record with, I don't know if anybody other than me listens back to the pods that we do that who are on them, but I, but it, you just need to get over the fact that that's what I sound like. Uh, like a hero with explosions, man. You never look back. You just <laughs> keep right. walking forward. That's right. But, <laughs> no, but I, I, think, I think getting used to it helps you then if you're going to go in and edit or, 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 you know, it helps to listen to your own work to see, like, do I like the way that that went? What did I like about it? So. Yeah. You know, it's it, it be, again. If we think about writing, it would be weird to write something and then never read it again. That would seem a little bit a little bit strange. In the same way, it's helpful once in a while to go back and listen to things you've done. Yeah, I would affirm that. I actually do go back and listen to the things we record, uh, and occasionally jot down notes of things we missed because we'll follow them up in, pre- in subsequent episodes. Those sorts of things. Uh, one thing I actually want to ask you, Chris, about because uh, the other thing I have is, especially if you have multiple people, is thinking about the role that you play. In yep. a particular episode, in a particular show, and it, it changes depending on who's in the room. But do you have mm-hmm. thoughts on like the different roles that you see people playing? Like when we do a roundtable yeah, or something. Yeah, for like sure. That? Uh, we often, uh, Sam and I, often talk about this in, in NBA terms or in professional basketball terms. And you thank need you for th- clarifying what the NBA is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the National Bureau of Aeronautics. That could I be that's all right. So, um, we 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 talk about making sure that there's somebody on the uh, on the podcast who's a distributor. And that they're, although they might kick in uh, some some content, their main goal is to help the other people on the podcast uh, sequentially or, or in some kind of uh, way move from point to point. Uh, they're a facilitator. I think they're also paying attention to who has and hasn't said much. I mean, like right. Amy Poppinga is a great example of somebody who plays really good podcast point guard, right? Like she'll notice, oh, Jason hasn't said something in a while. Let's try to steer something so we can get to him. Right, and if if one person's playing that role, that means the other people don't need to worry about that. Right, and we don't talk about it, but you start to feel like, in the same way, if, we'll just keep the basketball analogy going. If you're playing a pickup game, like nobody has positions, right. but you sort of feel like, okay, this person's doing that. I don't need to worry about that, right? So it's sometimes we'll we'll be conscious about it. Like I'll ask Chris, you know, do you want to drive today? Right, meaning like, do you want to be the one who's in charge of kind of starting and directing things? Sometimes I'll do that. Um, so that that's one role. What are other roles if somebody's playing that distributor role? I think it depends on the kind of podcast you're doing. Uh, you mentioned structured conversations and where you have an outline and certain points you want to hit. Uh, again, we'll, we'll just beat this analogy to death, but you might want to just clear out and let someone play ISO ball for a while. If there's somebody who you know has five solid minutes on ISO ball is when you sort of you, you pull you put uh, you you take eight, four of the five people on the floor and you put them on one side of the floor and you give the ball to the other person on the other side of the floor and just let them do their magic. Uh, they're they're isolated from the rest of the team. Um, and this is if someone has just five minutes of good content, you know they have a big point to make and they just need to get it all out so everyone can react to it. You want to make space for them to do that, and that almost can be some. You know, because no one can see you, but they're hearing you, almost some, some hand signals and things like, we're going to let them go on this, keep going, and let everybody else just sort of mm-hmm. let, let them make this point first, rather than people, you know, my tendency is to want to jump in and make a snide comment or something like that, making sure that doesn't happen uh, until that whole process mm-hmm. is out. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there, there are different kinds of roles in that way. Yeah, and I think if we when we do four-person pods, I mean, I, I think Amy is a, if Amy's distributing and, and you're kind of in the mix a lot more, I tend to like to stand off to the side and jump in now and then, but not control too much. 
um, I like to make jokes. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, I think that, um, yeah, that's that would be the, I don't know what the NBA equivalent of that, standing in the corner shooting threes. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. But there's, there but there's other kinds of roles you've played as well. And one role that I like sometimes that you, that you play election shock therapy is when the three political <laughs> the, scientists. The person who doesn't know what we're talking about. the three about. political scientists go into a theory tailspin and are busy parsing our variables, you say, Wait, what does that mean? And uh, force us to kind of pull up a little bit, mm-hmm. explain the concepts we're talking about, make sure that we're being appropriate for the for the audience that we're aiming right. at. Right, I'm there to represent the listener who's yeah. not a political scientist, right? Exactly, yeah. and, and that's you know, and so so it's worth thinking about that as well as you have uh, multiple people um, involved. I want to talk a little bit about kind of practical things. So mm-hmm. this might be an ISO moment uh, if you want me to just talk through <laughs> some things about kind of the how tos. Uh, in terms of equipment, what we're recording on here are um, these are Zoom recorders. So the nice thing about them, they have these um, kind of pretty good area mics at the front. We're not actually using these microphones uh, because in the at the back there are microphone jacks to plug in like the the three pin microphones. Um, now all of this stuff or most of this stuff is available in the Bethel Library. So I went this uh, afternoon to the circulation desk to try to get one of these, and um, they couldn't find it. But I kept telling them, I know you have these, and eventually they found it. So they look a little bit different. Um, so this is just a different generation of a Zoom recorder. But you see the um, you see the the microphone jacks there now. Kent, do they have mics like this there, or are you efforting those? There are there are some, but okay. I think we need to track down or get some more too. Yeah, because yeah. these are they're very cheap. I mean, the, the microphone cables are cheap. These mics are probably ten dollar mics, so they're not. We're not fancy here. Um, but this is pretty nice. You can, If you're doing two people, each person has their own mic. Now, the nice thing about having your own mic, the reason we don't just do the area mics is these are recording on – each of these is recording on two, two separate tracks. So, like, I'm on the left track. Kent is on the – or this person's on the right track or something. Um, and uh, when we put this up on the computer, we'll see that if we, were, if we had earbuds in, I would only be on the right, the right earbud and the other person would be on the left. Now, we're going to switch that so they're – individual tracks that are in mono so they're in both ears but what that allows us to do by recording each person separately is um, if one of us talks really loud and the other person talks kind of quietly we can bump one person's audio up without bumping everybody up so uh, and he knows that i say this about him all the time chris garrett's likes to talk really quietly what do so you mean? that's right yeah. so i need to bump him up i'm kind of loud when we record and i tend to be really close to the mic so i don't need to go up nearly as much as chris does so that allows me to pretty quickly balance it out um, that's why I like to use the, the individual mics because then it's pretty right. easy to mix that. And and when I'm talking about doing that, I'm talking about spending maybe like two minutes uh, mixing it. So these are available there. Uh, in terms of software, the, the software that I'm going to show you is called Audacity. So it's a, a free piece of audio editing software. It's actually really pretty good. You can import in lots of different audio files. You can export MP3s, which is what we end up putting on our site. Um, in terms of hosting the podcast, uh, I've done this in a couple different ways. I've done it where I've hosted it myself and done the RSS feed myself, and I will say that's kind of a pain because when there are problems, that means they're your problems to solve. Um, so starting about a year ago, I decided I would just pay for a feed, and it, so it's, it's about $100 a year. I, I, I use um, uh, Podbean, but there's lots of different sites that do this where they will host it, they will do all the RSS feeds, so they'll give you the address to submit to iTunes and Stitcher and places like that. Um, so it's really easy to get your pods posted. Um, it co- usually comes with a free website that you that you can direct people to that has all of your shows on it, but it's also easy to get it into podcasting services. So 
my recommendation would be if you're really tech savvy and you know how to do the hosting yourself and you don't want to pay the hundred hundred and twenty dollars a year you can do that i i'm happy to pay that to not have to think about it that's actually made my life a lot easier um then i I spent about two years doing it myself and my feed would go down and then i'd not know what i was doing trying to fix it and eventually get it back up so my recommendation is to is to just you can do a little bit of research on services that do that but that actually will just make your life a lot uh a lot easier um the last thing I want to talk about before we uh, before we end this is it's one thing to record a show, to have an idea, to say here's what we want to do, um, to even put it together, to post it on iTunes. But how do you get people to listen? Yeah. Chris, how do you get people to listen? I have no idea. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, we started small and we're uh, – Again, our goal in doing Election Shock Therapy or doing Life May See Second or some of the other podcasts that we've done is not to become media stars. If you're going to become media stars, there's probably a, a whole other set of tactics you'd want to take, some marketing tactics. Uh, um, I have never sought to acquire an agent, um, for example. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing here. Uh, but the... Uh, the things we do is we reach out to our already exi- already excellent social media platforms. So when we when we put a podcast up on Podbean, it's really easy to link to that on Twitter or Facebook or the other kinds of things we have. Uh, if you if you're active users of social media sites, you're going to pull people in from just your circle, and then encouraging them to share those things. And there's sort of that, that secondary ring of people that you know or you don't know that your friends know. That will that will pick up on podcasts. If this is a classroom function, then pushing that out through Moodle or through your through email to your class and getting them to listen. And if, if everybody in your class is listening, then you're 100 percent saturation. That's what you wanted in the first place. Um, and so, getting um, leveraging those kinds of, of of tools are cheap and easy to do. We did a couple other things which I think go a little bit beyond that. Which also are very inexpensive, but we've uh, on a couple occasions we've podcasted live, um, and that exposes people to something that we're doing that who would otherwise you know take the extra effort to click and download a podcast and then listen to it on their phones. If they realize they like it live, they think they might like it already recorded as well. We haven't gone a lot beyond that though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would we have say, no marketing budget. Right. I would say. I mean, the the other thing. So it's leveraging your own social media, also leveraging the social media of your guests. So if you have a guest on, maybe you have a, a friend at another school who um, is sort of a Chris Garrett's type person who has a blog that actually a lot of people read and has more of a social media presence. Do you have that person on your podcast? If you just ask them to say, when this airs, could you just send this out? You know, on your social media, that you'll see that bump. So. For example, when when I do uh, – so we have kind of a podcast network, so we have one feed that we do lots of shows off of. Um, but when we do a Chris Garrett's show who has a bigger social media platform, um, if we get 40 or 50 downloads per episode uh, on a Chris Garrett's one, it's closer to 120 to 150 because he has a built-in audience and he pushes it out on his blog. He pushes that out on his Twitter, Facebook, things like that. So that actually works really well. And the key is if you can get people to listen to one, and then you have to be good, yep. um, they'll want to <laughs> listen to more. Um, so so that, that's a part of it. The other thing is I think is to post regularly. So, I mean, we try to post something every week. Some weeks we do a couple. This week we're doing like four things. So yeah. um, there's a lot, lots of different things we're going to be doing this Final week. Final Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, summer's a little, bit, a little bit trickier. So this summer what I did was I spent this summer <laughs> – um, taking old pod, uh, the old autobiography podcast that I had done and hosted myself 
and putting them up on the feed throughout the summer. So Chris and I did a couple shows mm-hmm. uh, over the summer kind of in real time, but we also did sort of archival shows to, to sort of fill the feed. So if you were subscribing, at least every week something showed up on, um, something showed up on the pod. And Christmas is coming, so you know that gift subscription could be a great. That's right, podcast <laughs> gift subscription. All right, anything else that you want to say? I want to ask you a question, Sam. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I think the next logical step for some of the things that we do on election shock therapy and some of our podcasts is uh, phone interviews. Mm-hmm. So, have you thought about the, um, how you would? And this might be relevant to people who want to do class activities, sure. things like that. Having someone call in and be recorded on the phone the for be- podcast. The best way to do that is to actually record a Skype conversation or 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 FaceTime or something like that. So you can record the audio feed of your. I haven't done it much, but it's. I know, like, um, we have some friends who do the the Christian Humanist Pod, and they're in three different places. They all teach at different schools, and they do it over Skype. And I know when Chris has been on their show, um, he skypes in and. They record somebody's recording all of those feeds coming in together, and that actually works pretty well. Um, so that's that's probably the easiest way to record. Uh, uh, although with our, I bet with our phones, you could figure out a cool way to do it because those are internet phones now. I just don't, yep. I haven't really done it, but that would be that. There's lots of ways you can you can do that kind of connection and um, and record that, or you can you can either record all of it or you can sync it up. Um, with a little bit of editing as well. Okay, because I was wondering about that. The last, I actually just started listening to Revisionist History, which was the Malcolm Gladwell, and he recorded it on his phone while he was in the car, and the person on the other end, he said he actually had somebody set up to record right. the other person. So even having like a multiple Yep, that's another, a that's, team. that's another way to do it, but then you're putting the onus on that person on the other end sure. too, unless you can send a producer there to record that, yeah. Uh, but there's lots of ways. There's lots of ways you can do that, and 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 people are are already doing some of that stuff. Any other things you want to talk about before we close the show? Can I come back to one sure. thing you said just at the beginning, kind of bookend this uh, issue of production values? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I was thinking about this since the beginning when uh, Ken said he listens to Radio Lab, and I I looked at Radio Lab as somebody that has such high production values we've almost reached the point of parody um someone was talking about sort of radio lab uh talking doing documentaries and then i walked over to clop 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 <laughs> sort of all those extra sound effects and components and for many people when you think about podcasting it's that uh this american life kind of level of, of production value that can be off-putting and i find the uh, now i'm to the point of listening to podcasts where i find all those sorts of things distracting that extra production value, I don't know, adds a great deal, especially if you're thinking from an educational context, for a classroom context, even for a social context. I would eschew as much of that um, fully artist production work as possible. I don't think it. I think there's a lot of value added. I want to. I want to jump on a word you yep. said, which is parody, though, because I think you think the greatest way if you're starting to create media and you're not quite sure what you want is find something you like and copy it. I mean, copy. Sort of the structure of it. So it's like, right. oh, I like the way that they do music cues. Okay, well, then I'm going to do that. Or I like the way that they break this up into three segments or that this person has sort of three big questions that they ask everyone that they interview. Like, whatever you want to do, like, pay attention to those things you like and do those. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of – most of the things that I do have some degree of parody to them because I think it says I'm not really that creative and but, it's easier to do But that. you're not mocking it, so it's more like homage. Sure. Right? <laughs> sure. So, like, like you said, it's it's sports talk radio, but for Western humanities. Exactly. Yeah. CWC. Well, CWC. I don't teach Western humanities. I was trying to generalize it for the audience. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Chris, do you want to close the show? Oh, I never get to close the show. You always do. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. I want you. Yeah, come on up.
Oh, Kevin Johnson. Hey. I know you all figured I probably wasn't going to say anything, but I was just listening. So, but the reason I came here is uh, it's unknowns. You know, podcasts uh, are uh, things that people listen to all the time, but we really don't know how these things are produced and so forth. Mm-hmm. And until we know how things are done and what's possible, we don't know what other things we might be able to do with them. So my objective was to come here and to see more about how podcasts are put together, um, to take some of that complexity and see how simple it is. And I'm very happy to see, you know, you're all talking about the recording, you're talking about the editing, you're talking about hosting it, uh, things that you may take for granted that you've been doing it for years that those of us who haven't don't realize. So as a teacher, it's one of the things I always have to remind myself of when I'm talking to students. There are things that I have been doing for years that are brand new to those students. Mm-hmm. So we can actually jump ahead of things sometimes without realizing it. So you all have done a nice job of kind of backing up and sharing some things with me so that I can see what the possibilities are for using the podcast. Um, I listen to podcasts all the time, but listening to them and being a part of it is a different story. And this is my first one. Absolutely. And that's actually a great segue to what we're going to do next, which is we're going to shut the recorders off, and we're actually going to take the audio we're recording here, and in the next 10 minutes, we're going to get this up on iTunes. So uh, now you can close the show. All right. So on behalf of my friends up here and those of you who have participated with us in this uh, podcast day, thanks so much. Uh, you'll find this on the Live from AC Second uh, podcast channel. And as I always sign off, go Royals. Go Royals.